Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey, everybody. It's Chris to Makes a Podcast producer, Chris Fafalias here. As you might already know, we have a supporting cast program over at ChrisDemakes.com. And if you're already a member of it, you know that we release episodes of the After Party podcast, either weekly or bi-weekly, depending on which level you join. We've done episodes about everything from Chris's experience on the Bon Jovi tour to his first tour with the Descendants to episodes about our favorite TV theme songs and our favorite bass lines. Basically, we just have a lot of fun with this and we make episodes that we think everybody will enjoy. So if you're already a member, then you've already heard this week's episode where we take a look back at what music was popular 30 years ago this week. If you're not a member, though, we just wanted to give you a sneak peek of what the After Party podcast is all about. So yeah, take a listen to this preview, and if you enjoy what you hear, head on over to ChrisDemakes.com, where you can join and enjoy new episodes every week, as well as a whole back catalog of great episodes. So without any further ado, here's a preview of this week's episode of The After Party, Summer of 91, A Look Back at the Jams. Welcome to the After Party, ready, set, let's go. Welcome to the After Party, the show after the Hey friends, welcome to another After Party. Here we are, we're back. We both thought it would be really fun to every once in a while take a look back at a milestone amount of years ago from when we're recording this. And we said, why don't we do 30 years ago? Right now we're recording this, it's June 29th, 2021. By the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to it when it comes out, it's the first week of July. Or no matter when you're listening to it, it's still cool to take a look back at this time, uh, June of 1991, because man, I took a look at what was going on in the world and what was going on in the charts, most importantly, uh, maybe not most importantly, and I just feel like there's so much to talk about. But first off, Chris, what do you remember about June slash July of 1991? Well, I remember quite a bit, and uh, you know, I, I had I had you research all this. I did not uh, uh, Google any of this. I did not look back. Just from memory, though, uh, Saturday, June 2nd, 1991, I graduated high school, so I do know that, and uh, I do remember uh, quite a bit of of what was going on uh, at that time. We were in the uh, Gulf War was going on still. Uh, I know that was happening in, in history. It would have been uh, George Bush would have still been uh, uh, senior, would have still been in office at this point when I went to college. And I started college June 26th of 91. We talked about that on the uh, college years episode that we did for the after party. So uh, and as far as music goes, we're in that gray area of time. You know, all the word alternative was starting to happen in 1991. That word that was the first time you ever heard it late 90, early 91. And uh, we were about five months away from Nirvana turning the world on, on its head. So 
Uh, that's what I remember, and I'm going to have you refresh my memory on a, a few other things. Well, I was 11 years old at this time. For me, there was a lot of, I loved hockey, which this time was very important for me because I'm from Pittsburgh, and the Pittsburgh Penguins won their first ever Stanley Cup back in May of 1991. Center was five, four, three. Time runs out. The Stanley Cup has come to the city of Pittsburgh. The 1991 Stanley Cup champions, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that's a very happy memory for me as a kid. I was very into hockey and very into Sega Genesis. And then I looked at some other things that were going on in the world at that time. Uh, Boris Yeltsin won Russia's first presidential election around this time. Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar surrendered to police around this time. South Africa abolished the last of its apartheid laws. A spectator was killed by lightning at the U.S. Open golf tournament. And a couple other little things. Dana Plato. Do you know who Dana Plato is? By yeah, case? Dana Plato got arrested out in, I believe, Nevada or Las Vegas. Uh, she was trying to, uh, uh, she 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 tried to rob a pharmacy. Yeah, rob a video store. It said in in the thing or but, a video store. But what's <laughs> this is kind of funny, man. Why do I know that? I I, I mean, you were graduating <laughs> high school at the time, and and I guess you you have a lot of memories. But I'll tell you one thing I remember about Dana Plato, who tragically died eight years later, but. Uh, something I remember is she was the first, <laughs> the first woman I ever saw naked in a Playboy as like a kid. I just I remember that that <laughs> she was like in Playboy in the first ever one I ever saw. Different uh, strokes for different folks. Yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was definitely a different stroke. Uh, around this time, uh, also Twin Peaks, David Lynch's Twin Peaks aired its final episode uh, around June of 1991. And Head of the Class, the TV show Head of the Class, also aired its final episode. And, dude, real quick, I want to tell you what was on TV in 1991 because this list of shows is jaw-dropping. Beverly Hills 90210. Yes. Uh, Doogie Howser was still on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not to mention, not to mention The Wonder Years. The Wonder Years. That was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, The Wonder Years, I believe... The Cosby Show was still running. It was, as was A Different World. A Different World. Married with Children was 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 going. Uh, the Simpsons was in its heyday at this point. And uh, was Hill Street Blues still going? Yep, then? yep. Dude, yeah. The list is insane. There's Family Matters, Blossom, Growing Pains, Dinosaurs, Step by Step, Full House, Home Improvement, Perfect Strangers, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Wings. Uh, in Living Color, Seinfeld. Say by the Bell. Uh, yeah, Say by the Bell was probably around this time, I think. Uh, Designing Women, Night Court, uh, Roseanne, Golden Girls, Quantum Leap, uh, Murphy Brown, Major Dad, Coach, Murder She Wrote, Unsolved Mysteries, Empty Nest, Cheers. Dude, so many shows that are just like legendary shows around this time. I was just, when I looked at the list, I was just like, wow. Yeah, you know, and this is, this was a good, uh, 15 years really before heck almost 20 years before streaming became a thing and and netflix and all these other things came in which really took a cut out of that you know tv was just in its heyday then cable tv was everywhere everybody had cable tv in in their homes and it's it's no wonder there was that many shows that were uh that that uh, popular yeah man and uh Michael Landon died on July 1st of this year. Uh, if anyone watched Little House on the Prairie or uh, Michael Landon was on something else. Touched by an Angel, maybe? Was that it? Uh, no, uh, Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Landon died. And 
A couple other things before we start getting into the Billboard charts and all these song memories. One thing I will say, this song is not on the charts yet, but it would end up becoming the biggest song of 1991. Do you know what it is? The biggest song of 1991. So it wasn't on the charts in June. It was just about to be. It just made its entry, but it's not yet on the list that we're going to be reading. But I mean, whether it was the biggest in sales, it was the Billboard... Well, how, what do they call it? They said it was the the Billboard song of the year. And it's from a movie soundtrack. It's from a movie soundtrack. Would, would, would that be from The Bodyguard, Whitney Houston? No. It's uh, Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. Oh, yeah, Brian. Of co- yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that, I remember that video being played that summer I went to college. Yeah, that was from the Robin Hood soundtrack. Yep, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, starring Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman, which also came out in June of 1991. And then it was like a week later, this song was released. Not yet on these charts we're about to talk about. Everything I do. One more thing I got to mention before we start talking charts here, Chris, is this was the first of Michael Jordan's uh, string of NBA championships was right this month, June of 1991. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of stuff going down, man. A lot of stuff happening around this time. But we got to get into these charts a little bit because I made some notable. I'm going to name all of the top 10 songs, but I made some notes along the way of the Billboard Hot 100 of things I thought were were notable or things that uh, you might have something to say about. All right. Well, one more thing I want to note about this is where it is on the charts right now. This may have meant that the song was come on the way down, or maybe it was just on its way up. I didn't really make much note of that. I just kind of made note of, at this moment, June 29th, 1991, 30 years ago from when we were recording this, this is where these songs were on the chart. I made a little note of number 70 was I Touch Myself by the Divinals. Yeah, and that song, I uh, remember that uh, being in my senior year of high school was, was just months before this. Uh, again, I graduated June 2nd. I remember uh, uh, some girl getting uh, crap from one of the custodians. Uh, she was talking about that song, and they said, don't talk. It was, it was at, at lunch. <laughs> don't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> one but, of the uh, custodians that... was offended by the Divinal song? Yeah, I, I, it was one of the, I don't know if it was one of the, yeah, it was one, I think it was one of the custodians, but it's funny because, you know, they were, I believe the vinyls were Australian, and I think they had some hits over in Australia, but they, they were kind of a one-hit wonder. That was their one thing. I think we need to get them on the show to talk about that song. That would be awesome. What I, I mean, <laughs> that song was a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, no. that song was big, though. That song was big. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, at 59 at that time was Joyride by Roxette. good jam joyride uh yeah that band had quite a few big songs yeah uh they were a faceless band though i mean i remember the female singer had like blonde uh bleached hair or whatever but for the most part they were just kind of one of those radio bands you know they never really they had success but they were they they were never like a household fixture yeah they my mom definitely had some uh rock set cassette singles in her chrysler lebaron (laughs) in 1991 (laughs) i know that dude 
I despised this song around this time. I don't know why. You probably liked it. <laughs> uh, but Silent Lucidity by Queensryche oh, was number what a hor- That's what killed me on Queensryche, man, because I, I don't like Pink Floyd. Sorry for anybody out there that does. And that was a total Pink Floyd ripoff. I'm smiling next to you In silent lucidity That's when Queensryche, to me, jumped the shark. They lost the plot on that one. I want to see, though, if this song I just thought of, I thought you were going to say this uh, at first, but is D-Light anywhere on the charts? Mm. Uh, Groove is in the heart. I didn't see it. You didn't on see. There. Okay, that must have been 1990. Then I think that was the year prior. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's a, uh, that's a good song. Why? What were you going to say that you, that you don't like it or you do? Oh like no, it? that was just that was a weird tune for me. I really liked that song at the time, and it was so out of my wheelhouse for me to like. But I just loved Bootsy Collins. Killed it on that song. But yeah, yeah getting back to Queens, like Silent Lucidity. What a ho- what a horrific lyric. Uh, uh, Silent Lucidity. <laughs> just awful. Dude, I remember. They had this thing on MTV where you could vote for a music video and they they paired videos up against each other. And I remember for some reason, I think I liked Rico Suave at this time, the Gerardo song, and it was up against Silent Lucidity and Silent Lucidity won. I think it won the whole tournament, actually. And I just couldn't understand how anyone could like that song. And I thought you were going to like it. I'm glad you didn't. No, no, I did did not like that song. You know, also around 91, we'll take a quick uh, aside here. Uh, this is really when MTV Unplugged started getting going. Ah, like that was around that time. That was a really, really big thing, and it showed it showed a different side to artists. I really enjoyed that show, dude. It was awesome. I mean, that Ten Thousand Maniacs Unplugged was one of my favorite CDs of the '90s. I loved it so much, and obviously, the Nirvana Unplugged changed the game. You know, sure, but yeah, definitely awesome. Uh, dude, at number 46, so influential to me as an 11 year old, and just yesterday. I watched, there's a show on Netflix called This Is Pop, and the first episode is all about them, but this was their breakout hit. Boys to Men, Motown Philly was out at this time, and oh man, did it rock my world. Dude. I was all about boys to men. I dressed like boys to men (laughs) and it was just like, I was all about it. I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever heard in my life. We should start a band called men to boys and yeah, (laughs) (laughs) got to go backwards. Uh, That, that song was everywhere and they had a style too. I remember when they came out, it was as if every kid was getting their hair cut, you know, like the same kind of fade and uh, they, they were, they were a phenomenon and, those guys, the thing about them, you know, this was before Pro Tools, and when you saw them live, those boys could sing, man. You know, there was Dude. no there was no trickery going on there. Those guys could sing. Dude, they, they tell the story in that thing I just watched. Like, so they snuck into some event where some famous people were singing, and um, Michael Bivens from Belle Biv DeVoe slash New Edition was there, and they snuck in so they could go to him, and they were just like, Yo, Biv, check this out, (laughs) which they actually say in this song, but they just started singing. And he said, everyone just like gathered around like, 
whoa. <laughs> and then it was like they had Michael Bivens manage them, and obviously they became the hugest thing ever. And then then in the end, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC did their thing and, and kind of whatever, Boys to Men faded away, and it's kind of sad considering they were way better singers than any of those bands. But that's a whole podcast in itself. Let's keep going. Uh, I know you like this one, Chris. At number 44 at this time, Don't Treat Me Bad by Firehouse. <laughs> You know, uh, Firehouse is an interesting band. I uh, used to belong to these heavy metal message boards, and I was in there. We had opened for Bon Jovi, of course, and we were in Philadelphia, where Firehouse is from, and we played with Bon Jovi there uh, at the at the arena. And I said something to the effect of, uh, you know, there were some people in the front row not giving us the time of day. I said, you know, you can, you know, turn your back on us and not pay attention. You know, at least we're not Firehouse. Well, I had no idea, but Bill Leverty, the guitar player from Firehouse, was in the audience that night, and wow. he was going off on the boards, the, the metal boards I was in, and I ended up getting his email address, and I ended up telling him, "Hey, man, this wasn't a slight. I actually like your band. I'm so sorry. It, you know, I didn't, wow. it didn't, you know." And he wrote back, "That's really cool, you, <laughs> you." <laughs> but uh, you know, Firehouse was good band they had they had some good songs but it was just it was just a little too fluff uh cheese and by 1991 that stuff was was just becoming so passe and so tired if firehouse had come out uh 86 87 they would have had a a good run but by 91 that the scene was pretty much over well moving along at number 36 was winds of change by the scorpions hated it (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I, <laughs> you, do, you hate, do you remember that you part? so much. You, yeah, you hate it so much that you, you can do the whistle song. I hate it, it so much, yeah. And and it was funny because I never really liked whistle songs. Uh, Guns N' Roses had Patience and then Winds of Change. And that song, the reason I can recall it 30 years later is it's just, it was pretty much all the songs you're talking about. Motown, Philly, all these songs. But Winds of Change was just Everywhere you could not escape it, and I like I like some scorpions uh, in the early to mid '80s. I, I I used to used to crank it up, but I I did not like that song. <laughs> <laughs> Down at Bonky Park, <laughs> I, that's, Down to Bonky Park, singing <laughs> that's, to the winds of change. Don't don't print that. You're gonna that's run that anyways, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. That that's the only scorpion song I actually know. But um, really, come on, you know Rocky like a hurricane. Oh, yeah, I do. I didn't realize that was them. Yeah, of course. Of course and you know other ones, too, but I won't bore you. Okay. Or anybody else. <laughs> uh, moving along, at number 30 at this time was Every Heartbeat by Amy Grant. One of America's sweethearts. She was another one. You know, she she had a really good career, but she was never Madonna, Cyndi Lauper, Whitney Houston, not the pinup type 
you know. Well, she was Christian. She was a Christian artist who crossed over, so yeah. that makes sense. At number 28, It Ain't Over Till It's Over by Lenny Kravitz. Maybe the only Lenny Kravitz song I like. You know, I, I, I like some Lenny Kravitz. I, I love that song. I think that it's that song, good, man. I think that that song was way ahead of its time in 1991. It yeah, didn't sound great. it didn't sound like anything else that was on the radio. Absolute classic at number 27, Summertime, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime. Dude, every May or June, like, I can't wait to hear that song for the first time when it is summertime. <laughs> it just makes me feel good, man. Yeah, and, and it's funny because DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, that whole thing, I thought Will Smith was popular back then, but look where his career went after that. You know, he yeah. was he was he was popular, but man, he went through the stratosphere mid nineties and beyond. Yeah, man, absolutely. And that, I mean, that song's a jam. It's an absolute jam. Dude, I can't believe what's at number 26. You're not going to believe this because we've talked about this song before. I had never heard it before, but you had me reference it in an episode we did. I can't remember what episode. Maybe the Tim McElrath episode, but freaking Steelheart, I'll Never Let You Go was number 26. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I knew I, I had a feeling you were gonna say that. Yeah, that record came out came out late ninety because I remember listening to it in my dad's car going to uh, my aunt's house for Christmas holiday in nineteen ninety. But uh, yeah, that's that was a big song. Wow, I never would have thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a big song. Number fifteen at this time, "Walking in Memphis" by Mark Cohn. Walking with my feet ten feet off a beer. Walking in Memphis. But do I really feel the way I feel? That's a pretty good song. Yeah, I, for some reason, always thought that was Stevie Ray Vaughan. I never knew it was Marcone. I just had no idea till, till years later. But yeah, that was another another huge song. And it's funny, all the songs that you kind of mentioned today, with the exception of maybe, I don't know, Steelheart and Firehouse, kind of the same pretty radically different types of styles oh wait till we get to the top 10 we are all <laughs> over the place man you're not going to believe it there's some jams though uh so we're, we're moving up to the top 10 and number 10 i don't know if you're going to know who this is i will tell you that at this time 1991 i'm 11 years old penguins just won the stanley cup i loved boys to men but this may have been my favorite band at this time just name the song title Let's see if i can get it Playground. I'm not saying this to put nobody down. This is what I say at the playground. You know. Well, I hope you enjoyed that sneak peek of the After Party Podcast. If you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, as well as the back catalog of episodes, as well as weekly or bi-weekly new episodes, as well as getting discounts on Krista Makes a Podcast t-shirts and hoodies, as well as some surprises along the way, not to mention helping us continue to bring you awesome episodes of Krista Makes a Podcast every week, just head on over to KristaMakes.com. 
and uh, we'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. And my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics... Um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot and listen to Axe Grind Podcast.